your mind, your body, your breath just has so much power within it. And that was part of the theme was the medicine is within you, allowing the inner critic to become the inner coach. Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soul Fire production. Not long after coming back from the recent Men of Movement retreat, I knew that I wanted to do a podcast recapping the experience to the best of my ability. And it just so happened that timing worked out. And so today on the show, I've actually got one of the facilitators, Tyler LaFlock, and also a participant who you're going to recognize, Justin Bryan, on the show with me to recap the experience. Justin was a participant at the retreat, but you may remember him from an earlier Path Podcast episode where we discussed everything about spinal health and back pain. And Justin came to this retreat as a participant. Now I've known Justin for a few years now. And as we've developed our friendship, one, I've just got to realize just how incredible of a person he is and how motivated he is to be better for himself, for his partner, for the community that he serves. And with that being said, I've been trying to get Justin to the Men of Movement retreat for a while. And so not only was it an absolute pleasure to have him attend, but you're going to get to hear his experience going through it. And what he's really courageously stepped into facing at this retreat and what were his takeaways and his most powerful moments and what did he learn. And likewise, you're also going to get to hear from myself and Tyler LaFlock. Now, Tyler was one of the facilitators at the retreat. So you're going to get a little bit of a different take from him. And Tyler is an incredible men's group facilitator. He's also an excellent personal trainer. And among many things that Tyler brings to the retreat, his presence, his levity, his ability to go deep deep with someone and hold some incredible space for the men. And at the retreat, he led a few things, one of which is called story work. Now on this podcast, he's actually going to give you tips that you can utilize right away, especially, I mean, if you're anybody, but especially if you're a man and really have a really strong inner critic. I know that's something that I struggled with over the years. It's something that I still have to coach myself on at times because I can be like many men, pretty hard on ourselves. And so Tyler really utilizes a technique called story work to help you reparent, recoach, and become friends with that part of yourself. And so we go into so many aspects of this retreat. It was so much fun, but really the overall theme is the men and men in this world. What are they struggling with? How can we show up courageously and support each other? How can we be better for ourselves and our families? And so I'm so pumped to share this podcast with you. It is with Tyler LaFlock and Justin Bryan. Let's get right into it. As a first time person experiencing some of this work and what we did, what was it like for you? What are some of the high level things that stick out to you? So the entire thing was the most powerful experience of my life. Being able to go through these experiences, like I knew that it was going to be a powerful experience for me. I knew that I was going to pull something away from it, but it was tenfold. What I had expected. I expected it to rock my world. I expected it to be pretty powerful, but it was it was much deeper than that. So for me, as far as the everything was a highlight, the entire, I mean, you guys know, because you got to experience it. We got to go through it together. So there was no down 
time down moment. There was every activity built upon the next activity. And then all of those drills, all of those experiences combined in one, and then to end in the way that it did with Yakov, um, you know, without any drugs <laughs> is the most important part to me is that your, your mind, your body, your breath just has so much power within it. And that, and that was part of the theme was the movement is the, the medicine is within you. So to reveal that to my soul was just, it, it's hard to put into words. I would say the biggest thing is, is the tools because I've been through a lot in my lifetime uh, starting at an early age of, you know, getting into some trouble and, and that leading me to some different uh, places. And I pulled a lot away from every place that I went to. I learned something from the individuals. I learned something from the people there, whether it be bad or good. And then something as far as how that structure was laid out. But, and I think that's the problem with, with incarcerating young in- individuals is that, you know, you're not setting these people, you're setting these people up for failure. Mm. You're traumatizing them even more. And then they're leave away with no tools or, you know, something that they shouldn't do or something that they might want to do, but nothing like the playbook that I have now. So yeah, the, the overall for me was, like I said, the most powerful experience that I've had in my life. And then although these are things that I haven't had time to really practice yet, um, I already feel like I'm thriving. So that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, well, first off, when you came to the door, I think you just, when you came last night, first thing you do is yeah, <laughs> all fired up and just, it's great to see you, man. And, and, and it's great to see you light up. There's a lightness about you, at least in my experience. And it's just beautiful. And we'll go into, you know, as a facilitator and stuff like that, some of the things that, that both Tyler and I observed from the whole group during, but to really see the courage that you showed, especially when it comes to vulnerability and allowing yourself to be supported by the men, but also you supporting certain guys throughout that you really resonate with was one of like, for me, was a highlight in witnessing you step into this stuff and be again courageous because this is some like, it's some deep shit. It's some deep work. And uh, yeah, man, I want to celebrate you and acknowledge you for not only how you showed up for yourself, but also what you did and how you showed up for the other people there. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. A couple of people actually approached me about that and was like, you just sharing your story, like helped me to, to, to be cool with this, Mm. to to basically open up. And for those that don't know, like when you start to open up and like our culture is just set up for men to just hide. And that's what I did my whole life. I've, I've basically, um, in a, in a fashion I hid because I, I built this shell around to be, I'm hard, I'm this respect me don't touch me, don't come in my circle, whatever. It's like, you know, to, to build this, this, this fake thing around me and to not allow certain people in and to express myself so that people, uh, they don't want to step near me or step to me. And so, and that's this whole hardened thing. And that's not what a man is. A man uh, can have both. They can be strong and they can be the fire, but they can also turn to water very quickly and be tender. And that's what I recognized with you all was the, what I call, I told my friend when I was talking to him, I'm like, they're, they're like these gentle giants. Like I knew if I, I knew if I scrapped with any last one of them, like I'd be put to the test. (laughs) But at the same time, like it's nothing about ego. It's all about love and respect and like basically holding their deepest, darkest fears and and struggles in that container. And that was, that was really dope to be able to come in 
in front of 17, 16 other men and to open that can up. And, uh, it made me proud of myself that I even like was, was ready. You know, I think, I think I wasn't ready because obviously like there was some things that, you know, but the willingness. So Mm -hmm. then once I got there, it's like, all right, you're here. There's no turning back. So let's do it. You know? So I was definitely willing. So, and then also to just be like, yo, I'm proud, I'm proud of you, man. Like Mm -hmm. you, you freaking went through it. You went through all of those experiences, full, full attendance as, uh, (laughs) as Mike would say. Um, so yeah, it was just, uh, so thank you for acknowledging that because that was, uh, that was a big deal to me and it was a big deal to a lot of other people there. So thank you. Dude. Oh, that's why yeah. we do this uh-huh. work. Uh-huh. Tyler, I'm curious to hear your perspective, uh, hearing what Justin shared. And also one of the things that Tyler does, uh, we'll get into some of his, uh, his unique contributions to the retreat, but one of which that speaks to me is that story work element and rewriting some of those fears and looking at that. So, um, can you share a little bit on your perspective on that and what, what came up for you leading that? Yeah. What came up for me is the, the biggest thing that stands out just looking back on the retreat was we were 20 hours in and it was as if we'd known each other for 20 years. Yeah, It was eye opening and heart opening to see how dropped in we all were after not even 24 hours. So I set up story work, which is, man, you're either looking at your, your inner critic or you're looking at a story that has been in the, in the background. Just it's that monster that you're scared to look at. So man, Justin played all out and these men played all out and they were able to, man, look at these things that we're afraid to look at the voice that tears us down, that tells us we're not good enough. That tells us, you know, you're a piece of shit, the shame, the guilt to put that onto paper and to look another man in the eyes and to share that part of them. And then the other man standing there or sitting across from him, looking at him and taking that in and, there's no judgment. It's full, it's full acceptance. So that right there, like Justin was saying, it's that ability to be strong and to be that container and also to be fluid and acceptance. So, you know, there really wasn't much that I had to do. I could have just put each man in front of another man because this was on day, this is day two, this was 20 hours in and everybody was so locked in and dropped in with one another that man, it was magic. I just put, you know, a coupled you know, each guy, it ended up working well. Everybody had a partner and I just, you know, set the stage, gave a few prompts, step back. And it was like 30 minutes later and everybody had some takeaway, some uh, piece of awareness that, that, and took the power back from this voice. And we're able to reframe that inner critic and start taking the steps to turn it into an inner coach. So it was really, really powerful. And yeah, I was just blown away with this container and how fast and how dropped in everyone was because everybody was so game. Everybody was so ready. Everybody played all out. And that's what, you know, I think that's what you kind of model and you kind of just fall in. You see one guy giving permission to himself and that gives you permission to do the same, which is why I feel this type of work within the group is so powerful. And these other methodologies of therapy or working one-on-one, they have their place, but in a container with other men, um, there's just a whole nother level of healing and awareness and experience that can come through that. So that was my big takeaway. I'd love for you to share, if you'd be open to it, 
how you started the inner critic exercise for, so for someone listening, if they're, you know, whether this word, I think we can all relate to the inner critic, but some of us, a lot of what we're doing in the retreat is bringing what is in the subconscious things that we're unaware of things in the shadow and bringing it up to light so that we can address it so that we can meet it and hopefully become friends with it and see which part of maybe what part of our life has that inner critic served us and also not served us. And where do we want to go next? But I'd love for you to share maybe how you structured it a little bit so that someone just listening might be able to, to go through a seg or portion of it to gain some clarity and, and to hopefully be uh, better friends with their inner critic. Really powerful exercise. Just bringing awareness uh, to how you shit talk yourself. Mm. So just throughout the day, when is that voice coming in and where is it doubting you? Where is it saying you're not good enough? Where's that imposter syndrome going up? Because you know, even the best, the best have some level of imposter syndrome coming online because man, that inner critic comes online at such an early age. So it's going to be a part of you. It's going to be making itself known. So just taking note throughout the day, how that's unfolding for me, uh, it was in the shape of a lot of comparing myself to others, seeing how I kind of stack up and that might be in the gym, that might be certifications that might be in smart. So just noticing where you're comparing yourself to others, notice where you're kind of tearing yourself down. And then a good prompt is, uh, or a good uh, exercise is to give it a name. Uh, I gave it the name of a, of a bully uh, who used to pick on me in college, <laughs> uh, Rob. So Rob, for instance, you know, my inner critic is a judgy, manipulative egomaniac who likes to tell me things like, you're a piece of shit, uh, you're not good enough you're not as, uh, as fit as these other guys, you need to start eating better and all this stuff that it, the way that it criticizes you. So it's a really powerful, you know, giving that a name and then giving it a prompt. Like, uh, Rob likes to tell me things like Rob is obsessed with Rob limits me from, so likes to tell me obsesses over and limits me from, and you put those three prompts and then kind of explore where that inner critic is coming from in each prompt. And you'll have a good lay of the land of how that voice is talking to you and limiting you. And then you can have a better understanding of, you know, how is this serving you versus how is this preventing you from stepping into the man that you want to become? Uh, the biggest thing is to take away is that the critic puts things in black and white, mm. bad and good, right and wrong. So right there, it puts so much pressure on you, right? So when you're seeing the world through this lens of bad, good, right, wrong, there isn't room for grace. There isn't room for accuracy because it either has to be put in a bin of bad or it has to be put in a bin of good. There isn't this nuance. There isn't this gray. So as you begin to explore just the idea of like, hold up, where am I throwing things and putting this, slapping this label on it? Where can I step back and see like, wow, in this capacity, this served me and got me to this point, but it's preventing me from you know, for, I'll give an example for myself and that the inner critic got me to push myself and in, in the gym specifically, and it helped me to build, you know, a, a, a pretty impressive physique, which was then able to get noticed from others, right. Which it was serving a role and it gave me self-confidence. It gave me, uh, it allowed me to make myself proud, especially within a workout. Right. So there are some benefits there on the flip side of that, the obsession with how others are viewing me, right. That is now holding me back because in order for me to become the man I want to become, I have to identify what I want, not what others want. 
So that's where that comes into play. And I can begin to take that power back and peel it back. And uh, like I was saying before, turn it from this critic who's holding me down and pressing me down and labeling things in bad, good, right, wrong. And I can turn it into a coach and begin coaching myself and seeing where I'm not living into my values, where I'm falling short of, you know, that's the, the principles that I aim to live by. And that's where that, that critic to coach can become really valuable because then I can give, my feed, give myself feedback in real time. And that's the process that we started to unfold um, at the retreat um, and giving these guys the tools and the power to begin to reformat the relationship with their inner critic. Some of the things that come up when you were sharing that is in my experience of how I relate to my inner critic and then witnessing the guys, these stories that, that run a lot of our life, oftentimes they literally feel like they're half an inch from our face. Like we are so engaged with these stories. And when you break it down in the way that you did and you incorporate things like breath, and then we have the opportunity to share and we slow it down the, this process that you use in the coaching. One of the things that I've really experienced is this separation, this unmerging from the story. And when you were saying you named uh, your inner critic, Rob, just by naming it, even another person, like it feels a little bit less how I experience it. Like it's less everything that I am. And we're inviting in the gray, we're inviting in a little bit of space so we can actually start seeing the beautiful aspects and the challenging aspects, but we can be so much less identified it at, identified with it. Like our inner critic, yes, it is a part of us, you know, and, and every human has an inner critic, but it is not everything that we, we are. And so that was one of the most beautiful things that I was witnessing as you were running that exercise and, and hearing people's reflection afterwards was a little bit of space a little bit less heaviness, a little bit more lightness and levity and perspective on how they relate to that inner critic, that person that's, oh, that part of themselves that is always shit talking themselves. And so I thought that was so powerful. And I was so happy on this retreat that you guided that exercise. Jay, I'm going to go over to you now. When we first got there, we did, uh, you know, when we first get to the men of movement retreats, movement is a key aspect of the retreat for sure. Physical movement, but it's more representative for me of movement of energy, movement of mind, movement of spirit. And the physical body is one of the greatest, for me at least, access points into those. And so when we start, we do a group workout. We all get together. My boy Tyler right here and I run that. Uh, we expose people to different forms of movement from how to work, warm up to Bulgarian bag training. I actually had Justin come in and teach a little Eldoa session at the end there. But once everyone's jiving and there's that brotherhood, there's we're sweating together, we're working together, we're cheering each other on, then without going too much into like the nitty gritty details, we do an exercise focused on intimacy, basically almost two hours right when people get in there. And I would love to hear your experience around that exercise. And you know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. to hear what it meant for you, because I know it was one of your bigger takeaways that you've shared with me. So very curious to hear and break it down. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, the workout was great because you had, you had his journal after that. And, uh, one thing that it reminded me of is boot camp when I was 13 years old and, and everybody working together and you're just feeding off the energy. And these are guys that you've never met before. So, you know, imagine being a little kid and whatever you're getting sent somewhere. And then you got 22 guys that you're going to go work out with or mm. whatever gets smoked with starting 5.30 AM every morning, 5.30 PM every evening. And so you're going through it together. And if one person acts up, then they'll pull you out the bed at 
3 a.m. and go smoke you in the yard uh, for 30 minutes also. So that that's what I journaled about. I was like, man, this brought the camaraderie and the community instantly because I knew what we were about to step into. So after that, yeah, it was it was very interesting, the, the eye gazing. And uh, because I got to roll with these guys up there the night before, I kind of saw a little bit of the agenda and I'm like, fuck, man, <laughs> I have to go look into another man's eyes. You're going to look through my soul. But it was it was so cool because um, and I would do it again right now. Like it was, you know, obviously there's some anxiety and some fear around that. Cause you're like, I don't know what to expect with this. But um, for me, it was the most leveling and uh, unifying and equalizing drill I've ever done. It basically you look at every single man. Well, as you're weaving in and out, you catch eyes with each man. But then as soon as Nico uh, stopped beating the drum, whoever you were looking at, you face him. And then he would go through a drill and basically say, look at the man in front of you. This is your brother. Imagine this man's struggle. Imagine Mm -hmm. his pain. Uh, Now imagine him as a little boy. With your eyes, show this man strength. Without changing your face, show this man compassion. And it was just like, you're two minutes in with this person. And, uh, and then he'd start beating that drum again. So then you start weaving in and out, looking at different men, everybody catching eyes as they pass. And you keep eye contact as you pass. As you pass, you catch another man's eye and then he stops beating the drum. And then you face that man. And then he goes through another drill where he kind of leads you through some, some powerful stuff to, to think about. And uh, instant equalizer. It just made me go, wow, everybody is where they're at and uh, needs to be met there today. And it gave, it instantly gave me compassion, which is one of the three seeds that I took away from the, from this trip was to just be a, a lot more compassionate, a lot less judgmental. And it turned me, it brought me back to my essence of a human being. So very beautiful. Uh, I, I wasn't looking forward to it the night before when I saw that shit on the agenda, but, but, uh, like I said, I do it again right now just to exercise that. Cause that's a strength that, that is something, um, that gives you strength. It gives you confidence. It gives you compassion because there you are staring at another person and they're staring at you and in the eyes. And there's, uh, you can create a deep connection very quick with that and, uh, and take yourself off the high horse stop judging other people because, you know, people might not think that affects them or they can make fun and do all of this and and have their good and fun. But you really get a lot out of, um, not judging others and, 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 and practicing compassion. And, and I needed that. I needed that big time. So that was my experience with it. (laughs) Beautiful, man. And, And one of the big, I would say, underlying themes of the retreat that we've really done our very best to organize and structure is really the productive and the intentional use of discomfort and discomfort is going to show up differently for each and every one of guy, every guy there. Mm-hmm. You're a movement specialist, a rehab specialist. I imagine that the workout was, you were able to drop right into it. Might've not been that uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you were there, but for some of the guys who maybe don't feel very confident in their movement or haven't moved in a long time, or maybe overweight, whatever it is to be in a group like that, even as positive as it is, even as charging up as we, we, we bring the energy and we bring the love, we bring the support, it's going to be uncomfortable. And the eye gazing is one, the breath work is another, the whole three, four days that we do is this very intentional utilization of discomfort so that we can really come face to face with 
who we are, where we're struggling with, where we need support, where we can support others with our stories and hopefully kind of be, I use the, the logo for the retreat is the Buffalo. And for those of you that may not be familiar, when there's a big storm, the Buffalo, they all huddle and herd together and they go right as a pack through the center of the storm. They don't go around it. And so the idea is, is can we have a willingness to engage with life? Can we have a willingness to engage with those thoughts, the inner critic, the relationships in our life that may be challenging us? And can we face it head on, but not so much from the energy of fighting or combativeness? Can we learn how to oscillate from being strong and having boundaries and putting our foot down when we need to? But also, like you were saying, Justin, is have that softness and be that compassionate side. And so what's our ability to recognize where we're at, what's needed in the situation? And then utilize the tools that we have inside us, inside of our hearts to meet that, hopefully with greater grace and ease. Whether it's coming back or even preparing for an experience like this, what I've really found in my own work and also with clients is that when we have support along the way, especially when we have to integrate these things in our daily life, that is oftentimes on any pivotal transformational experience, that is oftentimes the most challenging thing. It's how do we take the wisdom, the gems, the lessons that oftentimes we learn in these experiences and how do we integrate them when we're actually faced with our normal, our familiar environment. And so with that, one of the things that I've become more and more passionate about, and I'm so excited to share more of this here on this podcast, is that I really believe that people need to be supported. I know I've needed support from time to time. That's why coaches have coaches. And I've really wanted to open up space to support others, especially men out there who are struggling with any of the issues that we've discussed on this podcast or others. And I'm opening up a select few spots for one-on-one coaching, high-level coaching, men's self-development coaching for 12 weeks. It's a 12-week commitment. If this is something that interests you and you're a gentleman, a fella looking for some support, let me know because I've got a dope ass plan laid out. Uh, I've already started taking people through this new curriculum that we're working on. Obviously, it'll be very individualized to you and what you want to get out of the experience and accomplish over the course of 12 weeks. But whether it's preparing for a transformational experience, whether it's integrating afterwards or just normal day-to-day life, you don't got anything going on big coming up, but you just want to level up as a man, hit me up. All you got to do is go to the link in the show notes and fill out a contact form on my website. Now let's get back to the show. I've shared this with the guys at the retreat that from the very beginning and at the end that I've always believed that each one of us is medicine for the other person. Each one of us. And if you pull one dude out of this experience, and I think it was very clear at the end when I brought it back, you pull even one person out, it is not the same experience. Not the same experience. And we all add to the collective container and it is the container. It is... I will say, I, I feel kind of like, I think something that you said, Tyler, I resonated with this, like you feel like you didn't do too much, but you also did do a bunch. And I feel like, man, I don't really do too much at these retreats, but I also kind of do. But really the main focus is to hold the container. And if we hold the container, so much of the healing kind of just like we've got activities, tons of stuff, but the healing just kind of happens when that space is created and that love and that presence and that, you know, one of the things, and uh, I actually want to toss this one over to you, Tyler, because this was actually, when I think back, this was something that you invited me uh, to include in the retreat was to have no cell phones 
from day one. I mean, people have my number. If there, if there's an emergency, their family can call me, but I'm really curious to hear why did you suggest doing, uh, you know, pulling the guys' cell phones and, and what's the purpose of that? And how do you feel it either added or detracted from the experience? What, what, what comes up for you, brother? One is my own selfishness and <laughs> my own aim to, uh, my compulsion and my somewhat of addiction to the phone. And I found that this would be a perfect opportunity to practice being without my phone and uh, creating, because that's going to be very uncomfortable for me. And the purpose of this retreat is to lean into the, dis- the discomfort. But what I recognize and what I noticed when the phones were away, the amount of one-on-one interaction between the guys, between the activities, it, it elevated. And that to me, like you were saying, this, this medicine and this healing happens over the course of the three, four days. A big part of that is those in-between moments when I'm, when I'm noticing and I'm looking and I'm seeing six or seven deep, intimate conversations between what look like brothers, where they're sharing something between them, they're being heard, they're being supported. And man, that to me was so fulfilling to see that. Um, so that was a big part, I believe, in kind of removing the phone. One thing I also want to bring to my attention and just share with anybody listening Um, something I've been realizing when it comes to the phone, it's a very short term in the moment, kind of scratch this itch and there's no lingering after effect, right? It's like, I look at Instagram, I look at YouTube in the moment, it feels okay. It feels, you know, it feels maybe good. And I put the phone down and then that's it. That's, and then until I pick my phone up again, that's when I can then restart as opposed to at the retreat when I am having a good conversation with another man and, uh, you know, I'm sharing something that I don't really get to explore very often with them. And they're able to reflect back to me. And at the end, at the end of this conversation, we both have better understanding of one another and the things that we're going through. And then I can afterwards reflect back on that. It has this ripple effect, right? Way different than the phone. I look at the phone as empty calories, right? Mm. It's like, it's like Splenda, right? As opposed to that, that conversation, it's honey, baby. (laughs) 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 So that really is, is the big, you know, the the phone, it's such a valuable tool for most of our businesses, right. But our relationship to it, man, I feel like a slave at times to the phone, right. And it prevents me from what I really want, which is connection, fun, spontaneity, you know, chopping it up with a friend and just like laughing, man. And the phone just like, it's a safe play because you know, it's there. You know, it's, it's scary to have to lean on others at times and put yourself out there. That's where the honey is. That's mm-hmm. where that is. So, man, the, you know, even three days after the retreat, you know, I've def- my phone time has definitely gone down and I'm, it's still a, a thing that I'm working on. It's a process, but I just still feel so fulfilled from just reflecting on all those conversations that I had. Well, one of the things, and, and I heard you say this, and, and one of the things that I noticed about myself when I set the phone down and I, and in the beginning, when I, when we took everyone's phone, put it in a box, hit the box, uh, I asked, I had, you know, show of hands, how many of you guys have gone without your cell phone for 24 hours or more within the last six months? And there was a very small handful of guys, I don't know, maybe two or three guys. And then I said in the past year, and then the numbers went down. So it's so rare that we even ever get this opportunity. And the phone for me has also been a way where, where parts of me hides, right? Like parts of me, and sometimes it's subconsciously driven, or maybe a lot of times it's so automatic. And even when it's a quick check, like even if I'm doing between Instagram, email, 
what's up. Uh, those are kind of my three and text messages, my three or four things. I can check those things within like 20 seconds. And even though it's so short, it's a massive way in which parts of me hide from challenging conversations or from things that I like, you know, maybe I'm feeling a little tired or a little lazy and I need to kick my own ass, but I'm like, Oh, just, you know, just check my, let me just check my, uh, my email. Let me just check this. And it's a way that parts of me allow other parts of me to kind of get needs met, but to hide in the process. And one of the things that we do at the retreat, and this was the first time that I led this specific exercise, you know, I, I've started a coaching program focused on a very holistic utilization of the Enneagram, which is a personality typing tool. And I will have one of the creators of this system that I, that, that he's utilized and created with a psychologist, I think for over 20 plus years, something like that. And it's a, it is the Enneagram, but it is a very holistic look. It's called the inner compass. And in that segment, one of the things that I was guiding guys through is after they did their, their, their test before coming in, we knew exactly what type each guy was, but we really focused on the four, what we call the four F's. So really having a deeper understanding on how we cope or off gas stress through flight responses, fight, freeze, and facade. And then really looking at the different relationships in our life that are giving us struggles or challenges. And how do we default into those responses? How can we be aware of our belief structures that elevate those stress responses? And then what can we do by recognizing when we are in a stress state, how can we self-coach or like Tyler said, how can we self-parent ourselves through that? But we first got to be aware that it's happening. In order for any of us to break a negative cycle or a negative pattern, you have to first be aware that it's happening. And so I'm curious, Jay, with, with your experience of that exercise, Size. What did it illuminate within you and maybe how you want to coach yourself or parent yourself through it next time? Oh, it's interesting because uh, I knew that there was work to do and I didn't know how quickly it would show up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, literally the next day, like I noticed a little flight response of like just how I responded to one thing in, in my mind. Like there was a, a subtle little trigger. And then the very next day, yesterday, same thing, but it was, uh, oh, it was actually flight again. So it was weird because when I did the exercise, uh, basically I, 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 I distilled down that I act like a bully to, to basically whatever fight people off or, you know, not have them come into my, my realm and, um, and whatever, uh, to have a, a normal discussion about things, but, uh, which was very revealing for me because I hate bullies. So it's like, okay, now that you recognize that, do you feel like a man? Does that, does that serve you? And so I, uh, already have just such a heightened awareness around who I want to be and mm -hmm. how I want to act at being 37 years old. And that's why you trying to get me to the retreat the last two times. I'm like, <laughs> shit, I would, you know, I, I know I've been needing this work and I know I've been needing to face the demons and, um, you know, it happened like it was supposed to happen. I, I made it out this time. I, I faced everything. And, but that's what I mean with the tools because I was able to leave with, through that exercise was probably one of the most powerful. They were all powerful in their own way, but for that, for sure, because that's the toolbox that I'm talking about, that I didn't get that mental uh, layout that mental playbook, uh, in the awareness and then, um, in the knowing how you want to be and, and Yakov basically drilling you and with the drums at the very end of like drilling those water and those seeds of like, how are you going to handle this? What choice are you going to make? Um, so for me, that was a very powerful tool that has already changed my life. 
for forever. So um, to notice that, okay, as soon as those two instances happened in the last, whatever, 48 hours, uh, I recognize that it's flight. And then I recognize, well, you can't run because you have this new found awareness and you have this new found strength. And then if, if that fails, then I can call a brother. I can call you. I can call Tyler and say, Hey man, this is what I'm dealing with. And like, can you help me work on it and break it down? So like I said, it's, um, that my word for the retreat was impeccable. You couldn't <laughs> write it better. And uh, even Tyler was like giving himself a hard time. He's like, I didn't even do anything like that. Everything that was magical. The, the, um, the storytelling, the way that I think the pairs of guys, cause I ended up with Johnny and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that brother, man, I love that cat. He's just such a solid dude. So we got to share some pretty intimate stuff and like some shit that I've been telling myself my entire life. And uh, like, break it down. Like, uh, Tyler's exercise for that was, and he kept checking on everybody. He's like, everybody's just so dropped in right now with each other. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I'm like, yeah, but the actual exercise, but then the coaching piece that he gave at the very end was just like, again, impeccable. It's like his words is like allowing the inner critic to become the inner coach mm. because they're so intertwined of the, the good and the bad and to, to work that nuance. And so, but the, I can't even say it like he did it. It was like, but that's what I'm saying is like, it was so powerful and um, yeah, man, it, it really, the entire thing, man, it just really built me up and, and, and gave me some empowering tools to work with that uh, have shifted my perspective and my trajectory forever. And, and that breathing, like to get that stuff out. I mean, that stuff happened. It It's out of my body. Can so. you share a little about your experience with the breath work that Woo. we did, the somatic release breath work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went full dolphin or whatever. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, Do you mean lobster? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the somatic release work, man, it's interesting because we've done a few different breathing techniques. And I don't even know what we've done, but we've done things to pump ourselves up and, you know, get some energy going. Um, but this was a freaking release and I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what anything about it. So, um, yeah, we just laid in the circle out in the sun. We did a little warm up for, um, Old, old Tom did some Spice Girls. <laughs> nah. Uh, what did we play? Rocky? Rocky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah played yeah. Rocky. Pumped uh, everyone up. But old Tom played Spice Girls for you. That's yeah, yeah. the inspiration <laughs> for the music. And you've already got your music picked out for next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we did a little warm up and uh, it, it, it was weird because like I said, everything built upon each other. And so when Brian had us doing the, the sound healing mm-hmm. session the day before, and we were trying to feel where we were stuck in the body or in the breath, I knew exactly where I was stuck at. And so you had, I think, preempted or prompted us to kind of, you know, work, work there. And right when the music came on, I already started like quivering in my gut and started to have some like teary eyes. And I was like, damn, dude, you're going to get emotional already. Like I didn't know what was about to happen. And so when you led us through, I mean, you had already told us how we're going to do it. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be my, my system knew something, something powerful was coming. So yeah, man, I mean, I, I guess whatever five minutes in or the second round, middle of the second round, you know, I was starting to howl and heave and squeal and make sounds I never knew were going to come out of my body and my whole body basically seized up. And Mike came over and was like clapping and just let's go, Justin, let it out, let it out. And that helped me to get like deeper into it. And like I told Mike, I said, man, um, 
I said, I felt like I flashed out. Like I feel like, cause he had his journal a little bit afterwards and like really be quiet for, you know, a good hour or something like be with ourselves. And I was just really trying to remember what the fuck had just happened. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't know if the first round, second round, third round, I just knew like I released some shit and, um, and to have you there brother to, to witness it and not to bust out laughing because I was going full dolphin or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but he did get his laughs in last night because I like demonstrated the move and he was dying. He was on, which was cool to see him laugh at it. But in the moment, again, he held that container. He held it down for me. He was strong. He freaking exercised that demon. And then whatever came out is, is, is done, you know, and I'm sure there's more shit in there, but that's in May. It's next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. And, and, you know, it, just to echo back and reflect back some of what I heard you say, and just to also give you something to think about, like you had said something, uh, you exercise that demon. And really, I think it's important because in the healing work, a lot of times, whether it's, you know, unconscious how we speak about ourselves, but it's very easy to put responsibility of our own healing on other people. Mm. Right. And like this shaman healed me, this person. Mm. And here I, I want to just tell you, you know, you healed you. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. container was supportive in that, but you did the work. Yeah. Those were your breaths. You met it with courage. And, and so I really want you and anybody listening when it comes to the healing work, you know, it's very important to take ownership of our life for, for better and for worse and, and realize that life is happening for us, not to us. And so that was all you, bro. And I was just there cheerleading you guiding for sure. And, 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 and that, you know, that's my main role is to create the safe container and allow people the opportunity to maybe step into something where, you know, when we look at our lives, there's so much pressure. There's so much expectation. There's a lot of weights. Tyler's podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, check it out. It's unweighted. And a lot of guys, especially carry a lot of weight on our shoulders and we don't have spaces where we can come together. And if we're angry or there's stuff that is stored in our fashion, our tissues, in our hearts, we just stuff it down and stuff it down for this expectation that we need to be all buttoned up and perfect. And so in those, these breathwork ceremonies, it's one of the most beautiful things that I get to witness and be a part of is men allowing themselves the grace and the permission to release what's been inside. Because if we don't release, then we will repress and we will depress. And oftentimes when we have this stuff, our nervous system, and I was talking to you about this today. I mean, we all oscillate between sympathetic dominance, so more of a stressful state and then parasympathetic, more rest repair. But what I tend to see is there's a baseline and before somatic release breath work, everyone's baseline is up how they experience stress, like a baseline is, is increased after it, the entire baseline of how they experience the world themselves tends to be downregulated. And in order for us to heal, we need to enter into that state. Once we've cleared and we've identified uh, consciously or unconsciously what we're letting go of, we created the space. Then after that is okay. Now when that space is created, what do we want to fill it with? What do we want to repattern? What do we want to rewire? And how are we going to move forward with empowerment? So I just wanted to call that out, brother, because you showed up, you did the work and it was, it was beautiful. And, you know, I'm, we're using this word work, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reframing and refeeling, like feeling into how I feel about that work because a lot of this stuff, you know, some of it's heavy, but I will say it doesn't always have to be. And one of the beautiful things that Tyler brings into the retreats is 
uh, a levity and, and, and this retreat, and we were all talking offline as well. It's like this retreat was very, I mean, they've all been very powerful, but one of the things that stuck out to me was there was this oscillation where five minutes fellows would be on their knees, crying, breaking down. And then five minutes later, we were all belly laughing <laughs> on the floor. And it was this oscillation of being able to be very serious, very tapped in, very present and being with yourself and with what you're working on. And then also not taking ourselves so seriously. And so Tyler really brings in some activities around play. And so I'd love to hear your experience around maybe adding play to work or what, what does that mean to you? And, 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 and what have you seen as a result uh, in some of the men? Yeah, for me, um, man, if I, if I look back, if I look at all my patterns, right. Uh, and the way, the rigidity around my patterns, they're trying to ultimately solve for getting more fun and play in my life. Mm. And it's set up that, okay, once I check X, Y, and Z box, then I can have play, then I can enjoy myself, right? There's very little in my life that's play and enjoy just for the sake of play and joy or not adding some type of conditioning element because I've been so good at programming myself for delayed gratification, right? When I uh, work out when I have X amount of clients, when I write my newsletter, then I can go down regulate or I can go have some fun or, do, mm. you know, do something that I find relaxing. Right. So what I love about, uh, the exercise, which is, was improv, right. Um, improv <laughs> for me is the opportunity to connect with my inner child, right. The part of me that just wants to act a fool and just be super silly and goofy and, you know, to have those deep belly laughs that those are some of the most healing elements. And uh, because it's it's like revitalizing you. Right. It's like filling up that fuel tank of what I for me, what my experience is, what I've been missing in my life. It's like, oh, I'm getting I'm like ref, I, as I'm doing it, I like can feel like my reserves um, coming up within my soul almost because I've been so deprived that that well has been has been dug because I've been you know, papering over it with like using the phone or Netflix or, you know, whatever playing games or whatever, I mean, not playing games, but like, you know, video games or whatever has been like papering over that. Right. But now this is actually like filling me up on like a soul level. And I'm looking around and, and other guys are just, I'm seeing parts of them come online. I'm like, Holy shit. Like Zach, he's, I, I never would have thought him to act in that way. I've, I've really just perceived him in this way. And to see this other part of him come mm. online, I'm like, that's you. That's you, brother. Right. Those parts too. But that is like you're like just this man, this light comes alive in people when they just give them permission just to, to have fun, to be playful with themselves, with others, give themselves permission. So that's what I've really found has been super powerful in something as simple as these improv exercise that, you know, on the outside, if I were to look five or six years ago, I'm like, dude, that's fucking corny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I would judge it. And I'm like, and now I'm like, I'm all about it. Right. Because, you know, that part of me, that, that cynic and that inner critic, right. It's just, it's just like, it gets to be there, but that it just really prevents me from that fun. And once I got to experience, I'm like, dude, I'll be corny all day. If this is the, the, the experience that I get to have. Man, I love that. And I love that that is some of the medicine that you're bringing to the retreat. And that playfulness was so cool. I mean, I, I won't use names, but I just remember a few guys coming up to me afterwards and just saying like, man, I haven't felt this joyful or this happy in a long time. I feel like a weight's been lifted off. I feel like genuinely happy. 
And I haven't played like that since I was a kid. And just everything that you're saying, man, it was just so powerful to, to see people step in and to take to it. And we've already had so many hours. I mean, the days, you know, we're going, they're long days. I mean, I got everybody up with the drum at like 7 a.m., 6.45. And we don't finish till like 10 p.m. because there's just, but most people don't want to leave. Like Justin, you, I know you were just continuing talking to your roommate. Like I think I, I got, uh, what, 13 hours of sleep the whole time. So yeah, uh, definitely I it had, the, but I wasn't tired. I yeah. wasn't tired. I didn't yawn once. So just so much love and support, just energy, you know, flow, new, new energy flowing through my body. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was amazing to just have brothers come together and the old Indian man at the sweat lodge that confirmed that mm. for me, you know, um, basically he, he just said, this is good that you have brothers coming together to do this. This is inspiring to see this. And it just confirmed because I was already like, man, this is what you need. This is what you got to be doing. And uh, to have him confirm that in that moment, and I can't even say it the way that he said it, it was so powerful. And because he said, you know, his, the old elders are dying and, you know, the, the old medicine men and they need young brothers to come together to, to be medicine and to, mm. and to help heal each other. And so that was just, just, you know, reaffirming to me that I'm in the place where I need to be doing what I need to do. And, um, yeah, the medicine is within us. So to not, to not even use any drugs and to have these profound experiences and to do the improv and the ego gets put aside and the critic gets put aside, just amazing. It's hard to put into words, but just, just amazing. So <laughs> thank you, bro. Man. Oh, dude, absolutely our pleasure. And, and as we get close to closing out uh, the show today, uh, one of the things I just want to call out a, a special shout out to Nico, who is a facilitator, brought some beautiful medicine of, of himself. Uh, Brian, who is doing sound healing. Johnny, who's a Chinese medicine doctor leading Qigong and, and organ meditation. So we just had a, a, it really felt like a stellar team as always, but really felt like a symphony of everyone coming together, supporting each other, supporting the guys. And I want to also make a special shout out to Lauren. Uh, oh. and, and Anna was helping her, of course, in the kitchen and this vision that Lauren had and, and really co-created. I mean, she's been not only a major sounding board, a big teacher for me, but the amount of love and care that she puts into the food, it's literally a five-star experience. And so uh, I'm curious as a participant, Justin, what was that? What was that like? And how did you experience her food? It just, I mean, to, to reiterate like how powerful it was, all the intention that goes behind it, like you guys, Tyler and Mike, y'all went and killed the animal mm -hmm. and that we're eating and to pray over the food. And like, I've been praying over my food mm. and just being thankful instead of just digging in. And so um, just that gratitude alone, even if three times a uh, uh, a day you're going to eat, you spend 30 seconds hovering over your meal and being grateful for it. I mean, it's life-changing. So uh, the intention that you guys went to Texas, wrote a love letter to the animal, prayed over its still warm body. And then like uh, the love and intention that Lauren and Anna spent all day in the kitchen making this food. Uh, and then we didn't get any utensils that day. So it was like, no, you eat this with your hands, feel it, smell it, uh, taste your food. So just amazing the amount of intention that goes through the whole thing. And so, yeah, and it's, it's nice to see some girls too. <laughs> it's like in the kitchen, even if it's just, yeah, just popping in and out of the kitchen. It's like, Oh, women still do, do still exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. So the whole thing, the amount of intention that goes behind it, um, is just from, from beginning to end, uh, it's untouched. I don't think there's anything 
like it. I haven't really searched for, for much, but out there, it's just, um, you know, life changing again, man. Can't say, can't say enough about it. And thank you. Thank you, Lolo. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And, and Anna. Yeah, for sure. Well, as we close this out, I would love to invite you guys, you know, to share one. uh, We we really worked on really getting clear on three seeds that we're going to be watering as we come home and, and really committing to ourselves and to the brothers there. We have a, I guide people through a a few exercises on how to make commitments in a healthy way and really support yourself. And when things get hard, how are you going to self-coach yourself out of, out of some of the challenges, but all that aside, I'd really be curious for you guys, as we close out to share one, two, or three of the major seeds that you're taking away from the retreat and, um, and the commitments to coming home. So Tyler, if I could start with you, if you'd be open to sharing any of those, that'd be beautiful brother. Simply the three things, the three seeds exploration, which for me is just continuing this path of experimenting and seeing the lessons that can come through and passing that on to others. The next is self-love, which so many of my dysfunctional patterns stem from is this inability to love myself. So really spending time and attention on improving, improving that if that's the correct word to use there. And last is play, uh, fun, spontaneous play, um, and start peeling back those rigid patterns and, uh, just get a little bit more playful in my life. One thing, just an easy commitment just to go over is the Eldoa, which Justin shared with mm. us and just aiming to, uh, do an Eldoa after I w- my workout and then at night before I go to bed and just that simple act of getting that one thing done and that, and then following through in that commitment, it has this carryover effect because it's very observable measurable. Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? And just the act of following through with that after three days. And I'm proud of myself, right? Especially doing something before you go to bed man. um, and the, you know, I'm doing it because I want to have a healthy back and a healthy body for the rest of my life. So I'll leave it there. Beautiful. Hell yeah. Hell yeah brother. Justin, what were your three seeds, brother. Or any um, of those. So I'll, I'll share the big takeaway for me was basically just being able to balance my energy as a man, because, because of, like I said, that shell in the beginning, like you're building this shield around you. You think that that's masculine, but it's, it's dramatic. It's emotional. It's chaos. It's totally feminine. So to be able to, to, to become more feminine in a relationship when I need to be, and then to be strong and assertive and be more masculine when I need to be. So I would say that that was my big pull Mm. away from it. And, um, just being more patient, like in the moment, like I said, like yesterday and the day before it was very difficult to come out of that. This is like day one, day two, buddy, drop in, feel that feeling. Okay. Be aware of that feeling. And then can you handle this? Like, how do you want to handle it? What choice do you want to make? And, uh, if it's beyond my scope of like emotion and and practice, then I need to reach out. So I would just say that just basically trying to balance my energy as a man and, uh, just step into these, these feelings and these things and, uh, try to become just a a better man. So I'll leave it at that. Hell yeah. And for me, it was really clear. Uh, one of them, which has been so much of my focus lately is really just the felt realization that I am already ready to be a father and a husband. And that was just such a deep realization. Also, I facilitate fully from my heart and my intuition. And then the third thing is I lead thousands of men from the middle towards their own empowerment and writing their own stories and trusting their path 
through retreats like this, through uh, private event and experiences, through one-on-one coaching, through this podcast, that's what I'm committed to and continuing to show up. Fuck yeah, brother. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. If anybody listening to this is interested in a men of movement retreat, we're running them about twice a year. Typically they are May and October. uh, But if you're interested, just reach out to me personally. Um, It's on the website, mikesalemi.io. And uh, we'd love to have you. If any of this conversation resonated with you, please be in touch. We'd love to support you and we'd love to have you in our container. So much love, everybody. Thank you, gentlemen. Much love. Peace. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours. 